And now, folks, Garner is picking up the dumbbells and at a 90 degree angle, lifting them to his chest. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Tangent Train. I'm Josh. This is Garner. And this is the Halloween Special. Oh, maybe is I, it? Maybe oh, I should have done it spookier from the top. Fuck. <laughs> I'm afraid. I didn't even know that it was a Halloween Special. Well, I mean, it's the only Tangent Train I think that's coming out in October. Sorry, guys. Um... But, uh, and it should be close, closer to the, uh, the Halloween-ish, I think, when it comes out. Do you like Halloween, Gary? Um, yeah, um, I do like Halloween. Um. Give me your economist reasons why. <laughs> my economist reasons why? <laughs> no, no, no. I, <laughs> yeah. There's economic reasons why you should like Halloween. No, um, I actually uh, generally categorize holidays as obligations or as fun. Oh. This is how I categorize holidays. So That's very American. So if it's a bad holiday, it's an obligation. Yes. And if it's a good holiday, it's fun. So Halloween falls under fun. And, and generally, like most good, decent definitions, you are the thing if you are not the other. So let's just talk about obligation holidays. I was going to say, I'm, I'm into this pathos. I want to learn more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, a lot of people don't like Thanksgiving, even though Thanksgiving could be fun because they got to go for, fa- you know, for a family reunion that they do or whatever. And see, right. that's that's the part I do enjoy, but I'm I'm barely human. Right. Well, who knows? Maybe you actually like your family, right? I but, might. It's possible. You know, but they but they don't make those movies where like people dread to be with their family for no reason. Like it, it actually turns out that a lot of people don't like going to meet their family. Oh yeah, definitely. And they definitely um they might feel obligated to cook a bunch of food that they would rather not do. Hmm. To go be with the family they'd rather not be. But they do it anyways because they feel obligated to do it. Um, right. here, an, another good example is Christmas, right? Christmas could be a cool holiday. Sure. Charity, you give people gifts, blah, blah, blah. But that's not how people treat it usually. They're like, Oof. I must get a gift for so-and-so, otherwise they'll feel bad. Well, it's like worse than that. Because like, when you think about a birthday, you know, like, you know, a lot of adults kind of forego. They finally... Give their friends the break and be like, don't fucking buy me shit. I don't want anything. Unless right. we're at a bar and you can get me drinks. Everybody likes drinks. Exactly. Um, but but at Christmas, there's not only, like, you have to get people gifts. Because um, there's, I mean, there's still birthday parties where, like, if you feel like you want to get them something or happen to have something you think that person will like, you'll gift it, you know. But at that point, it's more the act of charity again. Like, I think this will be cool. I'm going to do this. I'm inspired. Mm-hmm. But in Christmas, not only do you have to get everybody a fucking gift, but you also got to get them a good one. There's all this pressure on getting the right gift. I mean, again, back to movies. How many movies are there about finding that right gift for the holiday? Oh, yeah. So so Christmas has become an obligation. So it's a shitty holiday. Yeah. And, um, and then there's another shitty holiday called Valentine's Day. Which is so shitty that it just makes, <laughs> it's like, it's the worst holiday. It's like, it, for for example, if you, for whatever reason, forget, you have just like really driven your significant other into the ground if they didn't. I think, I think you know your holiday has fucked up when couples actively um, abstain from it and then are proudly announced that they do so. Yeah. Like, they'll just volunteer that, like, oh, yeah, that holiday. We don't we don't make a big deal about it because we're above such things. I mean, look at how high my nose is in the air. It's oh, yeah. so high. But, you know, um, for women, Valentine's Day is like Suicide Central. Right? Oh, God. Yeah, that's, that's the, the stats pan out. You know, if you're a gal and you don't got a dude, that's, that's the night, right? 
because you're alone and everyone else is not. And it's a strong reminder every year, and it's just obligation central. Yeah, what, we, what we've done with that holiday is really bad. I actually, on a small side here, um, got really curious this year and looked into a bunch of holiday origins. Like, who the fuck is St. Valentine? Yeah. Turns out it's a conglomerate of actually a couple of different saints that might have existed. Like, we're talking about St. Valentine is so fucking old that it was before the Vatican, or is it the Vatican? Well, we're talking about Catholics, right? Yeah, before the Catholics really started keeping strong records on their saints. Who are important people. And they're like... Yeah, we don't really... We know there was a St. Valentine. We don't know a lot about him. We really (laughs) didn't write much shit down about this guy. We think that this is what happened, which is loosely, very, very loosely related to gift giving and charity um, and and the spreading of a loving message, which is that, as far as that origin goes, the rest of Valentine symbolism was entirely market-made. I believe it. So to me... Halloween falls into this the cool category of Independence Day and Halloween and Memorial Day, which nobody feels strongly obligated to participate in. But guess what? You do it anyways because it's awesome. So I would also ask you then, what about the three drinking holidays? St. Patrick's Day, Cinco de Mayo, and Fourth uh, of July. Which, no, two of those are Independence Day. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so my point is is that, like, Independence Day is going to be cool, right? Like, I just yeah. I, I just well, love Independence Day. Sorry, I missed right? that. So um, the drinking holidays are all great, too. They they feature this thing where, like, let's say you didn't participate in St. Patty's Day. Yeah. Most For most people, that is that doesn't matter, right? But, like, if my coworkers say, hey, Adam, what you doing for Christmas? And I just bluntly tell them that I don't participate in Christmas. It, like, it is just followed by gasps. Horrified gasps of, like, <laughs> of like just this complete... But, you know, what would be interesting is, no, like, let's say I'm, like, I'm not doing anything for Halloween. That's, that's when people start writing, you know, to their local um, Dickens distribution centers to... <laughs> Sign Garner up for the Three Ghost Visitation scenario. Yeah, that's what I need. <laughs> but, but my point is, is like, with like Halloween, you don't see this kind of pressure. But people love Halloween. Like they get together, they'll have like drunker parties. Women dress like sluts. Woo. Um, kids get candy, yeah. and it's not like the end of the world if yeah, you didn't have enough money for candy this year, or you're doing something else. Or even costumes. People are pretty loose about the costume yeah, environment. Exactly. It's not I mean if very you're stressful. like if okay, if you're a teenager and you don't fucking put like a little bit of effort into your costume, you can fuck off, okay? Okay, yeah. <laughs> you just being lazy. We know it. We were teenagers once that didn't want to dress up and wanted all that candy. Yeah. Do do teenagers even deserve candy? I don't know. If they put in an effort of a costume, they'll get some candy from me. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. If they just show up in the t-shirt and jeans that are, like, loosely colored off of, you know, some character, like, I'm Steve from Minecraft, so I got a blue t-shirt. I'm like, get the fuck off my lawn. Get out of here. <laughs> so so this, is, this is my thing about Halloween, and, and I'm not trying to say that Thanksgiving has to suck, and Christmas has to suck, or Valentine's Day has to suck, Yeah. but they typically suck. They suck for a lot of people. And it is because of the looming presence of obligation. Yeah. And that's why they suck. And that's why Halloween doesn't suck. I would I would suggest that you maybe include a third category in your holiday um, pathos here. Yes. Which is the forgotten holidays that people just sort of acknowledge as a day they get off work. <laughs> well, your Martin Luther King, your presidents, your veterans... <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is what's really interesting to me. Like Memorial Day and Labor Day, the Memorial Day Labor Day time, um, particularly Labor Day, is very popular, right? Well, I don't know. I feel like Labor Day is popular among us because we go to Pax West. Oh, is that why? <laughs> I thought Labor Day was a popular time because that is a time that the parents get off and their kids are also not in school. 
I mean, I suppose so they can that's go on trips. true. They can go on, like, camping trips. There, right? there are actually, you know, here in Seattle, there's actually a number of festivals going on that weekend. Yes. Yeah. PAX is, just happens to be the biggest of them all. You know, I think um, they could just rename the holiday PAX, PAX West times, yes. and then um, it should be national holiday. And host it a few more places than Seattle, so that most of us can get in without having to stress about it in May. <laughs> Because I don't know about you, but that fucking ticket queue shit stresses me out. Yeah, this, I really think so. I got a tangent on this while you do your thing. Um, just to let the audience know, Garner is doing a quick, some workouts while we record this because we're recording it really late on a Friday and it's kind of colliding with his uh, workout schedule. But we're making it work for you guys. That's right. So... So the last two years, PAX ticket sales, um, formerly PAX Prime, now PAX West, uh, they, like it's a, the biggest convention, if you don't know about it, in Seattle, Washington, all year. Like, you know, Comic-Con is big. People hear about Comic-Con for some reason, but we'll never hear about PAX, which is got to be like five times that size. Yeah, I don't get that really. Like, our convention center, which is a beefy one, and um, sells out, ticket sales sell out within like an hour or two from the sales announcement, like the pre-sale announcement. You know, they get online and they're like, hey, tickets are sales are live, and they're gone. Yeah. Like, literally that, that South Park meme. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. And so, at work, I get like Twitter announcements on my phone from them when I know the season's coming. And then Pax will be like, ticket sales live now. And I've literally stopped my lawnmower, checked my phone, and then told my crewmates, I'm going to be gone for a while. Walked to my car and then sat in the digital queue for the next 15 minutes buying tickets and texting all my friends going, now, 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 get your tickets now. (laughs) Exactly. It's so crazy. It's like like a fucking military hack operation. (laughs) (laughs) I have a list of names and I'm telling to to hit the site, hit it now. Live updates, here we go. It's essentially, (laughs) what's crazy is like, they they are essentially being DDoS. Oh yeah. They are effectively being DDoS. Well, I remember like, God, was it four years ago, they made an announcement, like they were going with a new ticket distribution service, and one of their servers literally melted. They're like, it's a pool on the floor, sorry, the site's going to be down until we get something in here to replace it. Exactly. <laughs> it's so crazy. You know, I mean, like, the thing is, is they want to make it so that even the common fan can go. Yeah. It, it's a big deal. But anyway, we got sidetracked off of holidays. No, I, th- I think this is a good conversation on okay. about a holiday. Okay. I, I, I mean, like, here's, here's a controversial idea. Ooh. Do you think that they should section off a portion of the tickets and make them an auction? Uh... No, I don't, because that plays into more of the elitist crowds. People, that puts a financial cap on who gets to show. And I'll tell you what, those people got tickets anyway. Yeah. Those people absolutely have tickets anyway. Like, whether or not they are simply invited because they're high profile, or get some VIP or know people in the industry to get their in, which a lot of people do... Mm-hmm. They could also afford the ridiculous scout prices that are now a regular feature of the convention. So, so here's my argument for auctioning. Now, okay. I don't want to auction all the tickets. Certainly not. Right? I want regular people to go. I think that's important. But let's say they took a slice of the tickets, like mm-hmm. 10%, one out of 10 tickets. Yeah. And they put them off to the side and they waited until the rest of the tickets sold. And then every single day after that, because the ticket sale happened in, like, April. Um, last Actually, the last couple of years, it's actually been in June. Okay, June. So, they happen considerably before it happens. Before the actual PAX day. Wait, is that right? I don't think it was June. I think it's April, May. No, yeah, you're right. It is. It's much closer to August now. So... My idea is, is you take a certain amount of tickets, like say 10%, yeah. 
No. You wait until all the regular tickets sell for us plebs who are doing it. But then uh, you you take these reserve tickets, and every single day after that, you put them up for auction, each ticket. And you do that all the way up until the last day. Mm-hmm. So this does a couple things. Well, actually more than a couple. The first is, is it makes it so that, let's say you could not, under any circumstances, hit that buy window. Right. The one you're talking about? It's actually... Um... The one of the larger complaints I see repeated, at least on Twitter, when it happens, is a lot of kids start complaining because they're at school. Right. The last two years, I think it's gone down at between the hours of noon and two p.m. Right. And those kids don't even get out, get home until like three. Mm-hmm. So this provides an official outlet. For all the way up until the day of. And this to me is important, right? right. Like maybe you were hesitant to buy the ticket because you're not sure you'll have that day off. Mm-hmm. But then you find out you do. There is actually still a ticket there from an official source. But you have to participate in the auction. Right. The other advantage to this is that um, because it's not going to the scalpers, it's going to Penny Arcade. Which could be directly channeled, right? Penny Arcade, people think have all kinds of negative ideas about Penny Arcade, but they run one of the largest charities in the state. The Child's Play one, right? I mean, it's big beyond the state. Yeah. So my idea here is they take, they don't actually take a lot of money for themselves. Maybe some to improve the convention, to maybe bring more enforcers on or whatever. Yeah. But then... um, but instead of like reaping the rewards of these, essentially like hyperinflated price tickets, right? I uh-huh. mean, some of these tickets might, especially on the final days, might be going for like $1,000. But then they take that money and turn it into a PR spin. They could turn it straight into a Child's Play charity. Oh, yeah. Well, I know they have that big annual charity here for Child's Play. I forget what it's called. It's um, called, uh, I think, the Child's Play Charity Auction in December. Oh, yeah. And I think they actually do auction some tickets. They probably do. I, I just know that it's not the volume you're talking about. Yeah, I'm talking like a lot. What I, I will say, because one thing they did do, um, it's weird what we're getting deep into this here. But, uh, we're getting into the woods. Yep. I know PAX was like a couple months ago, but hold on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Because um, they release all of the tickets at once. They all go in a few hours. And then over the next, like, month and a half, they pour through the sales and find those that cheated the system to either buy more than they should have or those they suspect of being scalping and illegitimately reselling them and then resend a lot of those tickets and then have a second release closer to the date. Right. Like, usually about a month out. If I think this year it was only, like, two weeks out. They had their last resale, and that went, like, lightning fast. I mean, I literally got the, the Twitter notice saying, hey, we're having a second resale. And before I finished typing my message to tell somebody who needed a ticket that it was happening, they're like, and they're gone. Right. I mean, it was just, like, so stupid fast. And I know it had to be, like, a couple hundred tickets. But on the big picture, you know, on the average here, a couple hundred is a small dent compared to the number that they can actually sell and hold safely in the venue. So, to me, the, the advantage to this auction is exactly that, right? Like, if it's so fast. I mean, maybe maybe you actually are willing to pay $140 for that ticket. Yeah. You know, whatever, right? But why should you have to buy it from a scalper or some shady source when um, you could probably be directly contributing to a charity... Um, and you'll get a chance every day. And this, this to me is the big idea. It's an everyday auction all the way leading up to it for months. And I actually think this would do the most good. It would only impact, what, probably the scalpers the most? Right? Like, because they're buying all these tickets hoping to sell them at the convention. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, now they have to compete with whatever the average value of it was during the auction. Yeah. And, um... I mean, there, there's some logistical issues with it, and there is this idea that, okay, you're catering to, what, guys who have shit tons of money, but you know what, to be honest, um, I think guys with shit tons of money should be contributing to charity, 
And well, if and if we have to sell them a ticket to do it, we should make them. And realistically, it's it's a annual convention, so they've got a whole year to save up for it. Right. You know, it's not unreasonable for a kid working minimum who lives in an apartment with like a handful of roommates to be like, you know, I'm gonna put away, you know, fifty bucks a month or so, and then spend it on getting myself to this con. I mean, it's an undertaking, and to people who aren't into that shit will seem totally frivolous, but it's worth doing. I mean, I set a portion of my tax returns this year to fund my, you know, go at it, and I probably dropped, like, uh, nearly a grand on that weekend. Holy smokes. Well, it included a ticket for my girlfriend, myself, and a hotel for the night, as well as the food and shit I bought at the convention itself, you know, and parking. It's fucking parking. Um, and so all in all, it's probably about close to a grand that I spent. But it's one hell of a weekend. I enjoy this shit out of that con. Oh man, I actually had a good time this year. I played some uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah, you played the uh, Scott Kurtz modules, yeah? Yeah, I was, uh, I was what is it, an intern for Acquisitions Incorporated. That's awesome. It was pretty fun. <laughs> I uh I had a pretty good time too. I um I play tested some shit and got my picture on top of a giant dinosaur. Oh yeah, good times. Yeah. So we uh we beat the death out of holidays. We didn't actually, actually talk too much about Halloween. I was gonna ask you about Halloween. Um Do you like the costume aspect of it? Like personally? Um I don't know, like I'm not. I'm not really into it that much, to be honest. Like, because I feel like over the last few years, and it might just be my personal experience, but like you know, as a kid, it's all about the candy. Get the candy. Do whatever yeah. it takes to get the candy. Eat all the candy, and um, and then when you're a teen, that's like you like struggle between like the feeling too old for it, the payout isn't exactly worth it. And you don't know what else to do with your time because society doesn't want to give you any outlets for your angst. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but then once you can drink away your angst, you um, want it to be a party scene. But I feel like as cosplay has risen in popularity, mm-hmm. because it went, cosplay has a very interesting arc to me because it goes from being like, you know, like live action role playing has this stigma. Right. Yeah, don't do that, kids. Right, don't do that. You, you know better. Just keep it to the tabletops. But uh, re- but realistically, like, you know, it, it has this stigma of being the next level nerd thing because of the costumes and the foam weapons you fight with and shouting numbers as you hit a man with a sword oh, I got made it. out of fo- styrofoam. I mean, it, it, from the outside, it, it looks bad. It doesn't look like a cool sport thing. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, like, there's a big difference between live-action role-playing and the SCA, right? Yes, definitely. And and so, to me, this is where I, how I feel about costumes well, in general. Go explain ahead. the SCA. The SCA, uh, what is it? The, I don't remember what, what do they the call it? stands for. I, I'm, I'm actually trying to remember what they call it. It's, it's a an something, association. Yeah, it's an association. <laughs> it's like the, the Society of Creative... Oh, no. Yeah, I don't remember either. I don't remember what it is. The idea is that they, gonna, they do... Um, I got to fact check it, otherwise we're going to sound weird. We're going to sound crazy. Well, I mean, like, the SCA is essentially, um, like, a renaissance fair. And sometimes they literally just call it, like, Ren Fair, right, and things like that. Where in the SCA, they'll do these medieval combat... Oh, Society for Creative Anachronisms. I thought it was that, actually. Anachronisms. That's the one. Okay, so creative anachronisms. And so pretty much in the SCA, it's not uncommon to have, like, Ren Fair or whatever, where people are getting dressed up as, like, barmaids and dudes are getting, like, their armor on and they're actually having, like, big jousts and whatnot. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, the Civil War reenactment, but for medieval times. And it's just kind of funny to me to think that Civil War reenactment would be a more relatable reenactment than... Renfair sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's this is why I'm actually not totally against the idea of of costuming, right? right. Like I actually think you know costuming is important. Like 
some of my favorite movies are period pieces. Oh, yeah. Let, let's face it, right? Someone had to do the costume design for that. And for costume de- designers to exist, there's got to be people who are interested in the period and creating costumes of it. Yeah. You, you can bet for sure there is a direct route from being a costume designer hobby all the way up to movie costume designer. Yeah, and, and like I said, it might be my experience because I'm right now dating a girl who's big in the cosplay scene and so I've dived headlong into this world that I didn't know nearly as much as I thought I did about and actually this year competed in my first um, cosplay masquerade and we actually walked away with the prize my wow. team did yeah um, and uh, it was a lot of fun but but I feel like cosplay in general has has risen in popularity to a more societal norm. Like people who understand what a convention is or a con, for short. Like if you can say something con, most people know what you're kind of talking about, and most people understand that people go to those things often in costumes. And so I feel like Halloween has taken a spin from just being a party holiday for adults to being a uh, to having more of a costume angle to it. It's not all about just the cheap store bots or the funny costumes. I mean, there's definitely still a significant staple for that shit. I mean, God, I just went to some costume stores the other day, and I swear to God, every female costume for adult options is like a skirt, leggings, and some low-cut um, top that looks kind of like a uh, what do you call them that you, they strap into? A corset. A corset, yeah. Yeah. They all look like that. You just give them a different color and one extra chintzy prop and like a hairpiece and then it goes from being maid to cop to fireman. I mean, seriously, a fireman in a corset skirt and leggings. Oh, yeah. You just put a hard hat on it and make all of those items red and now they're a fireman. This, totally legit. This is what I'm talking about, though, actually. Like, it's... I, I brought it up at the beginning of the Ugh. thing. Why is Halloween so cool? Because, like, <laughs> essentially 20-something-year-old 20, so, 20 women dress like tramps. It's can, actually kind of awesome. They can go do burlesque in the streets. Yeah. It's sort of it's sort of kick-ass. I mean, don't get me wrong. If if that is your, your liberating thing to do, by all means, go for it. But at the same time, I have to be like, why doesn't there more variety available? Well, you know? well I, I really think there's... Because it, you can be attractive. If, if that's your goal, if you want to be attractive, you can do that in more ways than a skirt, leggings, and low-cut corset top. <laughs> well, I, I really feel like there there is... Um... Because I really feel like it's always been this way. And the reason why I say this is I, I feel like the phases are, okay, you're a child, so you buy costumes, and the costumes for children that you can buy are actually pretty good. Yeah. Because children are unlikely to have the skills or time, uh, or willing to put in the time to produce a good costume. Yes. Then you get into your 20-somethings, and Halloween becomes party. And maybe even into your mid-30s. But then after that, and I've always noticed this to be true, your school teachers tend to have really good costumes. And adults, in general, Halloween becomes costume time. Well, this puts pressure on the adult costume market because the adults, um, the kind of costume that they would probably want, either takes a lot of time and effort or would cost a lot of money, neither of which are willing to do. And so I think that's why adult costumes lack variety and aren't very good. Because they're really only catering to the laziest <laughs> adults who want to costume. Yeah. And Because um, then otherwise, the alternative is you're like me, right? Where like I just, I don't bother. Right. I give candy away. I'm, a, yeah. I'm the candy guy of Halloween. To me, it's a charity holiday. <laughs> and it's the cool charity holiday, unlike that one called Christmas, which is the shitty charity holiday. This is the cool yeah. charity holiday. You give people carries in their teeth. You're not gonna go. Uh, you're not gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? I almost let that one roll past me. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta give them the carries, man. That's charity right there. So you don't go caroling on on Christmas, huh? <laughs> No, I, re- I really, really don't like Christmas. I think Christmas is one of the very worst holidays. I think 
unfortunate in that most of the people I've surrounded myself with, uh, they, um, we all decided collectively to do Christmas the, the cool way and, and ignore the rest of the world's, like, I don't know, abusive relationship with it. <laughs> because I find it's so funny to me. A lot of people fucking love this holiday. You know? Oh, yeah. And it, it, I, I don't know what is with the modern war between Christmas and Halloween, but there's a fucking war between it now. And I think it has to do with the fact that Christmas has decided to creep itself into stores early and earlier each year. Like, you used to be able to get through Thanksgiving before you started seeing, you know, Santa Claus displays in every store window. But I swear to God, like, you will start to see that shit the day after Halloween now. And it's just like, for some reason, Halloween fans are like, fuck, fuck that Christmas shit. You keep that away from my holiday. You're not going to take it like you took Thanksgiving, okay? We're, we're going to keep that one for ourselves. And so now you've got this fucking bullshit, like, rivalry between these two holidays that have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> you know? I mean, they have the spirit of charity. They well, both do. Sure, certainly. But, I mean, it's just like, it's like saying, you know, like, I don't know. It's like saying fucking soda is is competing with oranges the fruit <laughs> you, oh, yeah, yeah. you know like you consume both of them but like can you really go to town and say one is distinctly better than the other and, you know um <laughs> like do we really need to debate which of these two rank yeah i have noticed though I bet the cosplay crowd really loves Halloween. So, oh, so they they should jump on here and leave a bunch of comments and just blow up this whole podcast. Please. But you just just blow it up and be like For the love of God, please. This guy, <laughs> Josh, needs to understand that dressing up is it's critical. Yes, absolutely. I need to know all of the ways. Well, you know, for what it's worth though, for my colleagues at Boeing, um, whenever they asked about packs. Oh yeah. They would always ask, always, because they find out I'm going, they'd say, hey, do you dress up? I said, yeah. no, you're thinking of Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Most of us go to PAX because it's just sort of like a geek, nerd, gamer festival. Yeah. And there's some dressing up, but it's not a really a cosplay type of thing. No, and I can say with uh, some authority now that my girlfriend who used to work a booth at Comic-Con and has now joined me at PAX the last two years, um, will agree. A lot more cosplay at Comic-Con um, than there is at PAX. So, I mean, you know, like, uh, I suspect that April is about to barge in and create a bunch of noise, so you should cut this all out. You should just... You oh, yes. Yeah. We can't let her name be on the podcast. Yeah. You can't hear her voice. Well, you've heard her voice. But oh. You must not let her be named. You yeah. almost named her last week, but I cut you off. Oh, yeah. So there's a gal, <laughs> and she made noise when she came in, and we're just going to... We're just, we're just going to completely splice it. Hi, April. Hello. How are you? Good. I was wondering. I figured you might still be here, but I didn't know you would still be recording podcasts. And we got a little late start on this one. Oh. Where's Alex? She went home. We did that one already. Oh, the book club wants to... Oh, you're doing your tangent train? Yeah. It's a double oh, header. okay. Doing them both. Welcome to the show. I miss you, April. It's weird doing it just me and him. <laughs> yeah. I need sorry. I need the quiet audience silently judging me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. So I'm going to be loud for a bit longer because I have to put my shit away. That's fine. God has been lifting weights to fill this whole thing, so it's a wash as it is. Yeah. I'm going to label this episode the garbage one. The garbage one? The garbage one. <laughs> Why is the that? The one where Garner pandles, it, you know, <laughs> you know, peddles his economic ideas about auctioning tickets and... Why some holidays well, suck. So I'm assuming we're taking a shower after. Yeah, well, look, I didn't yeah, anticipate this. this. Every, everything's okay. fucked up. I've ruined it all. It's all it's, fucked it's up. Okay. Everything's according to my plan. It's all banged up. Like chocolate milk once this is gone. Yeah, you drink that. By the way, um, I should. Alex brought. Oh my god, a baby cockroach got into my chocolate milk. Yep, and it's all recorded in. We're just gonna leave what? that part in. Look at the baby cockroach. 
<laughs> it's dead now. Oh my god! He died yeah. the way he lived. Yeah. In chocolate milk. Okay, I'm not using this cup. Okay, I'm not using that glass. It's disgusting. So, so guess, you know, we're These gonna are... leave that part in. You, it got, the baby cockroaches in my chocolate milk. This yeah. is, this is all gold for my blooper reel. Oh god. <laughs> April. I'll be our 100 episode special. Alex brought, uh, Brownies. They're really good. They're Brownies. super good. Did she take all the all the books that she wanted? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Although one of those books. Oh, I got this stuff. Too. She's missing one book because it's the very first part of the series, and she has three of the books, and she's missing the fourth one. So I will have to find that first series and give it to her later. Because uh, I don't know where it is. I forgot what we were talking about before the break. Oh, I know. Oh, good. <laughs> My brain is cottage cheese for a short-term memory. How do I get by in life? <laughs> well, it's because you have a long, a working long-term memory. Yeah, but it has to work on the short-term stuff, so it's like got a bad filter. <laughs> I know there's a, there is a game missing from the, the, the Game Boy Advance stuff. It's called Road to El Dorado, but I don't know where it is. Oh, that's Ever. Fine. So. Ever. Take these. Can I just have them all? Um, yes. Okay, good. Except the one I'm gonna steal. Okay, take one. I'm gonna steal this one. Okay, you do that. I'm gonna eat the rest of these. Mm. And then it'll be fucking delicious. They are are pretty good. And they are surprisingly. I almost got into my normal routine of what I do when I get home. I almost took off my pants. (laughs) And I was like. Never mind, I am not removing my pants. Yeah, you just sit down. <laughs> That's what I did. I take off my socks, I take off my pants, and then I sit down. You want to join us on our pants-free podcast? Pants-free podcast? Yeah, yeah. that's what this is. We're not wearing any pants, right, Gunner? Yeah. In fact, um, every other episode, I just I just don't bring the pants. Now I'm feeling subconscious that you're wearing pants, April. Yeah, ever since she started oh. wearing pants, I don't, I just, I just, you know what? It's just not the same in here. <laughs> All right, April. Well, gonna... can I just can it just be like a half news department? Come on. All right, April. Are you are you ready to sit down and play your games? Yeah, you guys can do whatever you want. We don't have much longer on this one. We're a little over halfway, I think. If you guys can do whatever you want. By the way, I did awesome at work today. Guess yeah. what my good count was? Thirty-four forty-eight. That is my best number yet. I'm happy for you. Hell yeah. All right. I'm starting this back up. So, so essentially, you were saying that we were talking about Pax Prime, Comic Con, and you brought your girlfriend to Pax Prime, and you know, and she well, yeah, was saying that Comic Con was had more cosplay than Pax, right? And I've heard this. So my coworkers would say all the time, mm-hmm. they would say, "Hey, do you wear things?" And I'm like, "No, you're thinking of Comic Con." But the big thing was, is there was always like, "Ah, darn." Right, because for them, they don't. That's the that's the visible part of con to them. They want to know yeah. if you have a cool costume. Like, what's really weird is they're totally making fun of you if you have a crappy, um, if if you if you're out there looking like a complete dweeb. Yeah, they're making fun of you. But if you have like this really sick costume, that's actually the part they respect. And mm-hmm. that, and I actually think that's the entire issue the cosplay community has, like. You don't want to be acting like you, you don't want to be geeking out too much. But if you actually go full tilt geek and have like the super cool costumes, regular society actually likes that and respects that. Well, I, I think they can recognize the craft of it all, and so it's just like uh, it's also like the visual part of it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that that's like the visual part of the con. That's what the public image kind of gets, you know? Because they don't show the show for. You know, if, if you're going to cover it in like a regular media outlet or the people who are taking pictures of conventions and sharing them, they're not taking pictures of, of the comic books that, you know, that they saw. Right. They're not taking pictures of... The um the game that they played and demoed. They might take some pictures of the booths at PAX because those can get crazy. Um, like I said, I rode a dinosaur, full size. Yeah. Um and uh, <laughs> but they'll take pictures of the celebrities and the cosplayers. And, and I guess if there's a tournament. 
And the cosplaying volume heavily outweighs the celebrities, and so you get a lot of those. Right, like to to the to the outside world that's not into the gate culture, um, they just see they think that anyone who's going to a convention is just playing you know, imaginary friends dress up time, Halloween <laughs> in the middle of the summer. And so I remember I used to get it all the time because there was actually this really geeky guy on my crew who said that they played D and D and whatnot, but he was like just he was like the epitome of geek. Like he didn't have like a drop of charisma. Oh god. Right? <laughs> Poor guy. I remember I eventually joined a crew and um, they made fun of this guy so bad. I mean like frankly they just bullied this dude. Yeah. Right? They just bullied this dude and um they would just say to each other, like, hey, John, do you play D&D? <laughs> right? And they'd be like, I bet you get dressed up. I, I, I'm going to get my lightsaber. Well, I remember I joined the crew, and one day they're like, hey, Adam, you play D&D? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually a game master. I run that shit every weekend. I'm like, it was like the, it was like the record skipped that yeah. I would just admit it, not think it was weird. <laughs> and not be a you know like they didn't even think they didn't even think I did that they didn't yeah. even think I did it right because to them and then when I they're like what you like get dressed up every fucking weekend I was like no <laughs> I don't get dressed up every fucking weekend I don't ever get dressed up <laughs> right but that, to them it was to get, the dressed up part was the part that they thought was D and D oh that's it was so weird so like so what the what. Like I said, LARPing has a bad image. <laughs> it has a really bad one. Like, I really feel like the cosplaying LARPing crowd, um, you know, like, if they want their stuff to be mainstream, they really got to do, like, what these Penny Arcade guys are doing. You know, Penny Arcade, they, they went the bat for gamers. Gamers oh, yeah. had a bad rap. They were considered lazy, playing, you know, murder simulators, being just nothing but um, being total geeks, being out of touch. Yeah. And you know what? Like, gaming companies in the gaming world came in, showed that gamers are made up of professionals, do I mean, charity work, the whole nine yards. Just to give a PAX perspective here, um, I remember going to PAX and seeing, um, they have concerts every year that are free for people with uh, convention tickets. And they previously had... The Seattle Paramount Theater, which is a respectable but smaller theater. And the last two years now, they've had Benaroya Hall, which is like a large, reputable theater in Seattle. Like, big billing place. It's got like three tiers of balconies, seats a shit ton of people. And so they're having concerts there. And I remember going to see the band Freeze Pop, which, you know, is a nerdy band... But they're pretty big. And they had, like, uh, McFrontalot, which is a really popular nerdcore artist. MC Frontalot, I think, is one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, uh, the, the, the freaking Benaroya Hall, there was, like, maybe the first floor was filled. That was it. But when I went to see the Penny Arcade guys play D&D live in front of an audience... Like, the line for that show wrapped around the building one and a half times. Right. And closed, leaving some people outside not able to get in. <laughs> like, I made it in just barely before they started turning people away. And it was like, I sat in the nosebleed back row top balcony to watch this group of four guys in a dungeon master play D&D. For what it's worth, four comedians in well, a yeah, dungeon master. A, if you don't watch that shit or the podcasts, those are great. I yeah. recommend them. I highly recommend that shit. a hilarious time. I actually sometimes wonder why I don't fully embrace it. Like, a lot of gamers take their games, like, super seriously. And um, instead of just being, like, pure slapstick, you know, these guys are like, they're doing stupid stuff. That Like, like half the, the podcast, I think, is making fun of, like, this one dude chasing after the other dude's sister. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking funny. But it's funny as hell. Yeah. Super funny. Yeah. There's a lot of good banter. So, um... So, I, I feel like we crushed the hell out of Halloween and PAX. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I, mean, I think so. I mean, I, I guess all I really have to say is... If you're a cosplayer and you feel like people are bullying you... They are. And they suck. 
But, caveat, um, you know, cosplayers got to work on their public image, man. We got to do it together. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I know that... Um... I know you're familiar with, like, Boffer Weapon Fighting. Yep, I'm, we're there's all like, familiar. There's, like, a name for that sort of league. It depends on what you're in, but, like, Amp Guard is the most popular for children. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that shit is starting to come around. And I think by, by loose association could probably do some good for LARPing. Oh, yeah. Actually, because I'm on Instagram... Um, and a lot of my Instagram uh, recommended list, not necessarily the people I follow, but if I hit the search button or the search tab, there's like a large page of recommended people. And a lot of them are um, cosplay starlets, you know, the kind of girls who are basically just nerd models that get in costumes or make actually make the costumes themselves, maybe. And um, I've recently found a girl who does some pretty cool stuff. And then I noticed that um, down her page, like halfway, she uh, does some LARPing in, as well. And like had some pictures of it. But I noticed that her and her crowd had some pretty legitimate costumes going on. And their, their weapons looked well-crafted. And of course, their location was a nice outside location. I'm like, see, this is the sort of image that these guys need. You know, they need people like her and her buddies promoting this shit. Dude. Oh my gosh, there's a movie about this recently. That Is was it? essentially... It wasn't actually that recently. It was... I think it was called Role Models. Role Models? It had, um... You know... I'm almost positive. It featured quite a bit of LARPing in it. Huh. And it had like a... It had like a guy who was like a king of the, the place. I'm pretty sure it was Role Models. Oh, yeah, let me look it up here. And to me, that movie, Role Models, is society's image of LARPing. Oh, this movie. Okay, so this is a 2008 comedy with, um, oh my gosh, those two. Those two? Yeah, these guys, let me get their names because my, my brain's not remembering names. Uh, yeah, Sean William Scott and uh, Paul Rudd, two pretty affluent comedian actors. Um... If this movie was a flop, I would, I'd hope it was like the good kind of flop. <laughs> so, so let me, you know, I, I brought up my colleagues at well, that one aircraft company. It's got a seventy-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's not bad. And that, um, that movie was their perception of D and D and cosplaying and LARPing. If you just want to see what they think it is, they think it is that movie. Okay, if I remember the trailer correctly. These are two guys who basically fuck up, I think, and get drunk and get put on some kind of community service. Right. Where they go mentor a, a nerd at a high school. And the nerd is the guy, is the kid who plays um, McLovin from Superbad. Right. And I forget his name. I should have just looked it up when I had it open. but um, And so he's the nerd who's in costume and they're like, what the fuck is this kid? We'll teach him how to be really cool. Which is kind of condescending, but, you know, it's movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to try to teach this kid to be really cool. And but then... I, I imagine that they find some value in his life, too, to create a character arc. Yeah. If, if it doesn't, then it's probably a bad film. <laughs> it, it has a full character arc where these guys who are doing a community service actually, like, end up having to, like, do the LARPing stuff and have to defeat the LARPing villains. What's really interesting is that the actual bullies of the movie are the LARPers. And, like, I really tried to explain explain to my crew, uh, the colleagues at that aircraft company, you know what I'm talking about, um, <laughs> that they... Um, that it's actually the other way around. Like, society is the one bullying the LARPers. There's not a lot of bullies in the LARPing community. The, the freaking LARPing community and the cosplaying community is probably the single most inclusive community you could meet. Oh, definitely. Um, did, did you know, it's funny, Paul Rudd is now playing Ant-Man in the cinematic Marvel Universe. I had no idea. Yeah, and it's actually a really good movie. I enjoyed that one. And I, I didn't think I would because the premise of that character is kind of ridiculous. I am told that it is essentially Shadowrun. And then I got a lot of downvotes on our Shadowrun for asking how much it was like Shadowrun. Oh. <laughs> I was kind of specific. Some people didn't like my tone. I was like, does it have 
mega corporations, dystopia, cybernetics, magic, trolls. In a fashion, it has all of those. In a fashion, hey, but you, they didn't like my tone. I got down. I, like I will say that magic isn't officially in this canon yet. I'm interested to see what they do with Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Played by Benedict Cumberbatch. A ridiculous last name that is fun to say. <laughs> I, you know, I, I want some, like, sweet-ass last name. I mean, I think Garner's actually a pretty good name, right? You know. Yeah, if audience you didn't know, that's his last name that he prefers to go by. Yeah, I, I think it's not too bad. You know, there's, like, Garnish Your Wages. <laughs> um, that's bad, so it kind of something I mean, bad and badass. It's kind of cool. And Josh is a well-natured joker tease. I think I'm pretty well-natured. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, but you know, like some of these guys are like, they're like, names are like Keith Sunderland. Like Sunderland sounds like Sunderland. something out of a fantasy novel. Wait, who the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. The it, guy from Lost Boys? I don't know. I just actually remember that some guy's last name was actually literally Sunderland. Okay. Cause the famous actor is Sutherland. Sutherland. You're right. You're right. Okay. You're right. I, I know there's some guys out there who actually have. Like, but somewhere out there, there's a Sunderland, and he's a fucking dummy. He's a badass. <laughs> no, what I'm trying to say is though, is that like some people got sweet ass names. Like they sound like fancy names. I, I I originally caught on to this when I played um the the late video game Baldur's Gate, and the mayor of a t- got, uh, town, his last name was Gast Kill, <laughs> and I was like, okay, my last name seems stupid compared to this guy's last name. What? You know what's funny? We don't do anymore. They used to make last names based on your occupation. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, that is what my last name's about. I'm supposedly the guy who stores the grain. You never think, like, Farmer was the last name? <laughs> Somebody's probably named Farmer. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm putting it out there. Yeah, probably. So you're about to go on, like, your solo. Because I have to do uh, my reps until I uh, crash. Well, I mean, we could wrap. I mean, I think we've we've beaten these horses. They're good and pulpy. Yeah, but the, you know what the crowd wants? They want to hear your rap solo. They want rap the, solo. They want to hear your you solo talk to a mic about an issue deep to your heart. Okay. You know, okay. You got one. I got it. You got it. I'm grabbing my weights. I've been brewing on this for weeks, and it's going to come completely out of left field and have nothing to do with anything we've talked about. This is going to be a real tangent right here. Oh, yes. It's going to be how Adam should stop whiffing lights. I am derailing this train at 90 degrees. All right. I'm grabbing my weights. Let's hear your solo. Do you know about this fucking crazy fad where people are painting rocks... And hiding them in public locations. What the fuck? (laughs) If you have a grandma, or no, if you know a grandma who probably uses Facebook, there's a high chance that she is gathering pebbles around her house, painting one side of them like a little mural thing, and then on the other side, painting like some sort of link to a Facebook address or an Instagram account, where you can post that you found this little hidden gem and and what the fuck ever you're going to do with it. Either hide it somewhere else or take it home and put it in your garden. But this is a thing that has like become wildly popular, it seems, overnight. Like, my girlfriend's mom is doing this shit. And as a landscaper, I have begun to find... A disturbing number of painted rocks in my <laughs> landscaping beds. I'm trying to lift here, man. This is so insane. Right? Everybody's driving me crazy. That's it. I can't, I can't lift after this. I sit down. <laughs> That's it. I broke you. I'm not going to put these weights down. I did 20. Okay, this is fucking... <laughs> what the... I'm out of breath. What the fuck? That's <laughs> just... Oh, no. I feel like such a barbarian sometimes. Like, how do I not know about this? <laughs> well, because it's just like, uh, you know, in my job, I have to be observant in the places most people really aren't, you know? Right. Like, I'm working at a bank or a library, and I've got to be looking in the corners underneath shrubs to see if some hobo left his pants there, or maybe there's a weed growing there. But what's funny is that in my industry, we have these insane ideas about 
flower beds, or we just generally use the term bed for any landscape area that isn't a lawn. So any place where there's like some open space and some shrubs are growing there, or maybe a ground cover, those are beds, okay? Okay. Which is already kind of weird. Yeah. And so in the bare spots where there's supposed to just be like soil, we have this notion that we need to make the soil look clean and fluffed. These are industry terms here. You need dirt to be clean and fluffed. How do you do that? You pull all the weeds and rake it. Okay. Giving it that fresh raked look is fluffing a bed. And getting all the weeds and leaf debris out of it is making it look clean. Because that's how people want their dirt. You know, (laughs) that thing that we associate. No, you know... I'm, you know, like, this is really pedantic, but why don't they just call it, like, weed it and rake it? I don't know. Okay, but but it's not just your girlfriend's mom who is painting rocks and putting hashtags on them. Oh, no, I'm finding them everywhere. Not just hashtags, like, full web addresses. Like, go to Facebook slash thisaccount.com to document the journey of this painted rock. Do any of these painted rocks say... Hi, I'm a missing Nigerian prince. <laughs> I'm just curious. No, but I'm sure it's coming. What, what's really okay? Busy- so you find how many of these have you found? Um, I have like this week. What? <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop lifting. You have to understand. <laughs> I get what the fuck. I noticed at least three this week. Okay. Um, yeah, so- two of them were in a bank and one at a library. I need to go paint a rock now. I'd be like. Do you want someone to stalk you? Well, what's what's frustrating for me is because as a landscaper, a misplaced rock, because, you know, you have to imagine if they're painting it, they're of decent size. We're talking, like, the size of, like, a coaster. Um, it's, it's about the average size, I'd say, of the rocks that are getting painted. Maybe a little smaller than that, but, um, yeah, a couple inches in, in diameter. And it's just, like, if, if the rock isn't supposed to be in that bed... Technically, I should be removing them. But I know that some sweet little lady has spent like an evening painting this thing and imagining who might find it and post about it on Facebook and, ha- and a little f- happy story about how it brightened their day that they can collect these little treasures and find them fucking everywhere. And it's just... And it, it, it's also, Do you think that they don't want to brighten a landscaper's day? Do you think that ruins the <laughs> magic? That like destroys the fantasy? <laughs> Well, I don't know if it ruins my day, but it is sort of like, it's it's just morally annoying for me, because it's just like, do I remove it, or do I let them pile up until every rock in this landscape is painted? Oh, well, yeah, because like all things, it must go to the absolute most extreme, right? Well, it's because it's like, it started off, I'm sure, I'm, I'm positive it started off as some like quaint news story. Yes. You know, some happy fluff piece where they're just like, oh, look at this little community thing that's going on. Isn't that adorable? And then somebody trended it on Facebook. And then it, or somebody linked, you know, uh, shared it on Facebook and it started to trend. And now, you know, the grandmas of the world are deciding that rocks, natural rocks, are not beautiful anymore. And they need to have murals painted on them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm then, actually for this, I think. scatter this aesthetic across the lands. Now, I understand that there is a, like, bizarreness to this already, because in my industry, where I fluff and clean dirt beds, <laughs> um, <laughs> that a lot of my job is saying, Nature, you don't look good enough. I think you would look better if this naturally growing hedge was shaped more like a lopsided box. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, you know, that plant that you... I can see that you placed yourself here in our, our native plant. You're not like an invasive weirdo. But you're not supposed to be there, so I'm going to kill you. There's a lot in landscaping that is just sort of like, when you really think about it, is weird because you're forcing nature to confine to your... Aesthetic values, and um, and most people, when when they go to like places, don't even really consider the landscaping unless they're actually looking at it. You yeah. know, like you'll go to like every, everybody goes to banks and grocery stores 
Just stop a moment and look around you when you get out of that parking lot. All of those beds are treated by a group of landscapers. I almost said Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but that's not what's weird. Nobody thinks that's weird. What people think, what, what I think is weird, and what I'm hoping you, the listener, think is just fucking out of your mind crazy, is that there's a hashtag on the rock. <laughs> right? That's like more cyberpunk than Neuromancer. There's a fucking... There's the, you know, some grandma, it might, you know, you know what, if, if I see one of those, like, little, little like, uh, take a picture bitmaps on the back of one of these rocks, that's it. That, that is just record skip. Uh, a QR code? Yeah, it's like a QR code <laughs> on the back of a rock. I that should, is what's weird. That's what I need to do. I need to paint a QR code for this podcast onto a rock and start leaving them around. In, in fact, if you are an old lady... And you think that we're bashing your idea. I want you to paint 20 rocks with this QR code up for this podcast. And I want you to put them everywhere. I should totally do that. That would be great. I just don't even you know, like That's viral marketing. Th- th- this just mind blows me. So, I mean, this is actually kind of cool. Like, you know what's like, you know, like, I know you think this is weird. Oh, and yeah. to me, what's weird is like, so she wants somebody, and we, we presumed it's a woman. We have never, you know, like, maybe it's a dude? Oh, yeah, no, it could totally be dudes. I don't know. Like, oh, it, it could be a, a cat. I should say. I feel like I should say. Because I'm a guy who likes to count himself an artist. I like to do art stuff. I draw, I paint, you know. And um, I have nothing against the art side of it. It's just something fundamentally kind of weird for me to be like... You know, these rocks, what they needs, what they needs is a picture I'm going to paint on it and then kind of try to, to hide in somebody else's property for, <laughs> for other people to find and either keep or share with somebody else. Like, my, my feeling is, is that, <laughs> like, to me, this is actually more Pokemon Go than Pokemon Go. Oh, it's very reminiscent of geocaching. Like, you find this rock... And, but, but it's like the low tech version for grandmas that don't understand how to use their smartphones. And what I find funny about this though is that like you of all people being a landscaper lead are the person most likely to find them. Yes. So this is not apparently like I feel like your whole conflict here is that you don't want to type in this hashtag and send it in because you somehow know <laughs> that that would ruin the oh, fantasy. It, it's super cool that I know that I could be taking pictures of all of these rocks and then taking them to their appropriate pages and being like, look, I found your thing, and making some, some person's day. Uh-huh. But I'm just like, God damn it, another one of these things. Yeah, instead so, you're like... Should I throw it out? Because if I pick it up and put it in my bucket, I know it's just going to end up in some yard waste heap. <laughs> so, so what is preventing you from um, destroying the fantasy and being like, only landscapers notice this? <laughs> what is preventing you from destroying it? Is from is just going it? and being antagonistic to these just to these people? Typing into the hashtag, "Hi, I'm a landscaper, and I found your rock." <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just because I generally don't like to exhibit so much energy to be negative to strangers. So that would be negative. To I you. would do it to a friend. Oh, you do. Don't don't be wrong. Don't got it. I'd totally yeah. do it to a friend. Exactly. Or family member even. But uh, but no, like I don't, I just don't find it in me to go be annoying to strangers. Well, I mean, like I guess that's also why I don't comment. So on you YouTube. are you are confirming my theory. You're confirming my theory that you know that if you hashtagged, that that would be bad. Yeah, it would. All right, listeners, listeners, tell me, we're gonna wrap this up. He it, he's going to comment on one of these. If you comment, tell us what. Mr. Man should type into one of these rocks. Alright, yeah. If you, you leave a comment telling me what to say on one of these um, rock caches, then I, I will totally do it. I'll put it... I'll go down on that. That is... That seems reasonable. I'm on board. We'll do it for one rock. Yeah. We'll choose the best comment. No, um, fuck it. We, we don't get enough comments. So I'm going to say, if you post a comment on this by... The end of 2016. I'm giving you a lot of room here. Any comment I get on this podcast episode, by the end of 2016, I will find a rock, because there's plenty out there. I can do this to as many as I want. 
<laughs> and he's I going will, to. I will put a comment on those and link them to this episode. And the comment will be: LARPers <laughs> are great. No, you don't tell them what the comment is. They oh, sorry. The oh, they'll tell. They'll tell you. <laughs> no, I, I feel like this is. I mean, if you didn't like this tangent, people, this tangent made me stop lifting. <laughs> Do you even lift? I don't lift. There we go. All right, I'm done. We're done. Darn it. Darn it. Darn it. We're done. Thank you so much for listening. Please feel free to leave a comment telling us what you think about the show. Or if you have a topic you want to hear us cover, you can tell us that too. Sound effects were provided by Rock Savage and Elijah Unick. Music for the show is provided by Ben Sound. If you like Tangent Train, why not tell your friends about us? That really does help. Thanks. <laughs>